Welcome from Radio Row, Tackling a New Kingdom. And today we are talking my top 10 Super Bowl memories from my time in Super Bowl 42, 47. I don't, what was it? I don't know. It, it, it was long ago, but my Super Bowl memories. Here we go. So, as you know, when you get to a city, the first thing that happens is you have a meeting to tell you all the do's and don'ts of the Super Bowl. And in our first meeting, one of our do's and don'ts, a big don't, was counterfeit Super Bowl gear. Now, I didn't think that counterfeit Super Bowl gear was even a thing. So the guy, the, the, the chief of police tells us, he says, hey, we're doing stings all over the city for counterfeit Super Bowl gear. I'm like, that's crazy. So when we break the meeting and our team comes out of the out of our uh, conference room, there is my father with 10 shirts over his shoulder holding up a soul bowl bootleg shirt. And he's saying, T, we in the soul bowl, baby. We in the soul bowl. And I'm trying to grab my dad's shirt like, dad, they, they taking people to jail for these bootleg shirts. So I definitely think the Johnson family had the first official Super Bowl infraction buying bootleg Super Bowl gear. And the reason it was called the Soul Bowl is because it was two black head coaches. So some uh, innovative brother said, hmm, this could be the Soul Bowl. And the shirts were epic. I got to find out if my dad got out of Miami with those shirts. but counterfeit gear that was one of my favorite super bowl memories come on dad oh so we're going to miami story number two we're going to miami that is the absolute home of the booty shaking strip clubs right everybody's excited the first two nights we got off i believe guys brought briefcases with thousands of ones okay thousands so we're in our first meeting and coaches laying out the all the rules and you know the bootleg stuff the counterfeit and the meeting was adjourned everybody gets up to walk out of the door and then coach says wait 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 come back come back come back what, what's going on he says sit back down okay what's going on Last thing, guys, no strip clubs. What? What do you mean no strip clubs? And I mean, there was a lot of ones wasted in that Super Bowl, but I'd like to thank my dog, Trick Daddy Dallas, for bringing me to his studio and bringing the strip club to the studio. And we got it in. We didn't break any rules. We didn't go to the strip club. The strip club came to us. Number two, Super Bowl memory. My third Super Bowl meeting 
uh, or story was the funny stings that they had. So the local police, they tell the, the teams, they say, hey, we've got prostitution stings. We've got counterfeit goods stings. We've got stings everywhere. And they told us about the DUI checkpoints and all of that. And, you know, that was valuable information. I'd like to say a lot of guys avoided the pitfalls of the sting. Now, this one's a little longer story, but I'm going to get into it. Every single player got their own Cadillac Escalade. If you ask me, that's not a recipe for success. But the police said, if you happen to consume too much liquor, we will come get you, get the car, no questions asked. Remember that, no questions asked, and we will return you to the hotel. I used that service. Okay, so back to my Super Bowl memory. So remember, every player got their own Cadillac Escalade, and the police told us, if you go out, you have a couple of drinks, we'll get you and the truck, no questions asked. That's very important. So you remember when I told you that my good buddy, Trick Daddy Dollars, uh, brought us to the studio with him and brought the strip club to us. Now, when I, was, when I walked into the studio, there was a gentleman who was standing in the window of the studio, literally just peering out the window, peering out the window. And I'm like, Trick, what, what's he doing? He said, oh, yeah, my man, he's on the run right now so he's just trying to you know um make sure he did the cops aren't coming okay cool now that i know why he's looking out the window cool i go back and i do my thing um great time great entertainment uh ej edron james famous quote to me that night tank you ain't in here doing nothing <laughs> Yeah, so I get it. I have a couple drinks, and I've got a rookie with me, right? So I do not want to get the rookie in trouble. I mean, he's got 10 sacks. I'm already in trouble. So I call the police. I call the Miami police. I say, hey, this is Tank. I don't want to have any trouble. Can you come and get me from, and I just gave him the address. Remember that? no questions asked thing. The first thing he said to me was, what the fuck are you doing over there? He said, you know that Walgreens across the street? There was a gang war there last night and five people were murdered. We're coming to get you right now. So here I am about to have all of Miami's ATF law enforcement come in and get me 
and there's a guy there on the run, right? So I don't, t- I actually tell him, I say, hey, we'll go across the street and you can pick us up across the street because I didn't want to draw attention to the place. He says, no, don't go at that Walgreens because a guy got shot right there yesterday. There's a war going on. So I'm, I'm kind of nervous now. I'm like, I'm having the cops come here and this guy's on the run. So I'm, I'm, the whole time they're on the way, I'm trying to figure out what do I say to this guy to, to calm him down. I got distracted. I never said anything. And all of a sudden, five black SUVs with lights pull up in front of the place. This guy is like freaking out. He's like, and then they all. So the whole time, you know, that these, that these police that I know that they're coming and I know this guy's on the run. I, I'm thinking about telling the guy like, hey, you know, these people are coming to pick me up. Don't worry. You know, don't worry who they are. They're not here for you. But I ended up getting distracted and I moved around and all of a sudden five, six SUVs with sirens pull up right in front of where we are. And as I come around the corner, I see the, the, the guy who's on the run looking out the window and now he's in a full panic. And I, I, I want to, you know, ease his fears and just tell him, hey, listen, this is just our ride. But, I, you know, I'm just trying to get the hell up out of there. And I, I go outside and, and, and these ATF agents have their weapons drawn. They're looking over their shoulder. Uh, they're, 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 they usher me into the SUV. And I mean, it's like a, it's like a prisoner swap, right? Like they picked me up and zoomed out with me. And I, I was just like, what did I just do? So I got a good scolding from the uh, FBI from uh, Dade County and the police chief for being in an area that 24 hours before I got there, there was a gang war. How was I supposed to know? I was in Chicago. Continuing on with my Super Bowl memories. Let me see here. Well, one of the, this this one's kind of interesting. So one of the things when you're in a Super Bowl, right? Like, when you're a team who's there to play, all of the peripheral fun is is poison, right? That's the that's the message that we're getting. Like, guys, stay focused. Don't go out on the town. Don't do too much. And you're you're constantly in this struggle of trying to get out of the hotel to break the monotony but always conscious of not having too much fun. And, and that's, a, that's a weird kind of balance to be in, right? Um, you know, everyone's there for the celebration, but you're kind of going against the grain. And when you're getting ready to go to sleep, people are coming out partying. And it kind of, you know, some guys who have to get out, they get that itch. Oh, man, I, I got to get out. I got to get out. And... You know, but there was that struggle of always not to have too much fun. And in Miami, you can overdose on fun. Um, one of the special memories that I have from the Super Bowl was, uh, I mean, I, you know, some of you guys may be nude, maybe not know my story, but 
um, I was on probation. I had to get a judge's permission to go to the Super Bowl because I had a pending uh, firearms case. And as a player who was a starter in the Super Bowl, my teammate, Brian Erlacher, um, he hired security <laughs> for me the entire week. And I never had a security guard before. And so I'm telling Lack, like, nah, I don't want them guys in my business. And he's like, Tank, listen, these guys, trust me. So, you know, I'm a little apprehensive. You know, I'm, I don't want people in my private space. You know, you don't want, but I'm going to tell you right now. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Because that saved my career. Um, it added years to my careers. And Protect Security and Keith Benson absolutely took care of me and helped mold my decision-making. But it all started with a teammate who really cared about me. And Brian Erlacher was that guy. And, I, and I'm thankful for that because that had a large impact on me having the few more years that I got. Look at my knuckles. You see how ashy my knuckles are? It's okay. We're working, baby. We're working. So we're continuing with Super Bowl memories. Let's talk about that game day feeling. I've played in thousands of football games. Thousands. And typical butterflies and things like that, that's normal. But when you're playing in the Super Bowl, the best way that I can describe it, how I felt, imagine Hunger Games, 32 teams, climbing a mountain, just knocking each other off all season. And two teams through all of that make it to the top. And when you make it to the top, you can see over the horizon. You're not on solid ground, but you can see it. That was a feeling that I had, that there was like no tomorrow or tomorrow didn't mean anything. If I got hurt, it didn't matter. If I got kicked out of the game, I wouldn't be suspended for the next game because there wasn't one. There was only two teams left and there was no tomorrow. And that feeling was different from all of the other thousands of games that I played in. And it was unique. A special memory and a special feeling. So I lost the Super Bowl, right? I lost. I did not get the job done. So where does that, how does that land, right? And, you know, I say like there's winners and losers in the scope of history. But based on the experience alone, there are no losers, right? So I lost. And so you think about like, where does that land? What is that feeling like when you lose? Well, I'll tell you as a Super Bowl loser. 
a couple of years, you know, one to two years, you're, you, I think you're, you're, there's a little grief, right? Sadness. And, and then you, you, you move on, you know, about four or five years out of losing the Super Bowl, you get a small appreciation because you see other Super Bowls and how big of a deal it is, how hard it is just to get there. So that gives you a little bit more perspective and it gives you a small appreciation of being there. And after you move past the disappointment and the grief, you get to that small appreciation and then you start seeing your friends go into the Hall of Fame and they're talking about the experience and then there's like a total acceptance. And it's not an acceptance of losing. It's an acceptance that the experience was one that was, you'll never forget, that cannot be duplicated. That feeling was so unique. And the, the further you move away, you get a total ex, ex, acceptance of the entire experience. And you were just lucky you did it. So there you have it, folks. Tank Johnson, Super Bowl memories. Here from Radio Row in Arizona, Chiefs, Eagles. It's been an amazing week. Hope you enjoy my Super Bowl memories.